bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the After Things podcast. I'm your host, as always, Bryce Castillo, joined, as always, with Brian Brushwood. Hello. And joined, as always, with Justin Robert Young. Not indeed, hail and healthy, uh, fair, fair traveler. Oh, but I do believe you've forgotten our always perpetually here fourth member of We're After Things. Uh, that's right. We got Joe Diamond joining us today. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Glad to be here. Uh, I wanted to kind of chat with you a little bit uh, first, Joe, and and see uh, you you've asked advice from the After Things Council before. Yes, and it's cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. None of it worked. Okay, it's awful. That's why I came all the way here for it. Okay, just wanted to let you know. Gotcha. I think we're good. We're, and, we're done now, right? And your, and your problem <laughs> is, <laughs> and your problem. Uh, yeah, no, I, quite the, the opposite. Uh, so good. the first. Quick background, quick refresher. The first time I wrote in was 2016. I just, I was doing weekly shows in uh, a haunted mansion turned uh, arts park. There's At the time, there were just like painters and musicians, and I was the weirdest one there. But now there's people who do like, you know, healing arts with like massage therapy, and there's a woman who does like Reiki and all this other, yeah. all, all this other cool stuff. And I was just doing like, a mentalism show. I could fit 13 people at a time in the studio. And originally it was just like, okay, I'll do this alongside gigs, like just to like, you know, yeah. have my own venue and everything. And very quickly it went from a monthly show to a weekly show. And right when I was transitioning to a weekly show was one of the first times I, I wrote in. Uh, and yeah, if, just, if, if, if I remember correctly, the question was basically, uh, uh, we're getting regulars now, and yeah. what what do I do? Well, that was about the next the part. That, that was the next part. Yeah. Like, it, it was a question of of generating new material for, to reward the regulars. Yes. Yeah. So I I wrote well well the first time it was more so like promoting. Uh, uh, Andrew suggested I reach out to escape rooms because they were like blowing up right around the same time as yeah. well, and I did a lot of cross promotion with escape rooms as well and so forth, and. Yeah, so I wrote a I wrote a new show specifically designed for that venue because originally it was just like my house party set, you know, which I could do. I designed to be performed anywhere. It's like, well, I'm not anywhere. I'm in a cool venue. What can I do only in this room? Well, I can turn the lights out. Well, I can, you know, move the hands on that clock over there. Well, I can pick up this Ouija board off the shelf or whatever. Uh, and because people are coming into my space rather than me coming into their space, you can like, set all that up. Set all that up, but also like it's it's okay. Like if I yeah, if I brought in, you know, I'm sure there are some clients that would not be okay if I brought a Ouija board to their house. But because well, and, and, they and bought also, a ticket, they, would they know it's a haunted be mansion. Suspicious of it, you know. It's well, that like, too. like yeah, hi, exactly. I'm here to do a show in your house. Let me just set this here, this yes, here, exactly. this here, and exactly. Whether it's <laughs> let yeah, me guess what five objects Satan's. you're going to use in this routine. Yes, exactly. Performance. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, the last time. Uh, I was here in Austin 2018 was when uh, Brian, you and I talked a lot about, you know, working on new material and because there were regulars coming back and your suggestion was, yes, of course, always write new material, but also figure out how to 
basically digitize it or what we would say now, make a virtual format of it and can't tell you how prescient that was <laughs> and how perfect it was in the last 14 months. But so, yeah, so I wrote the I wrote the new show and it, you know, did that for a year and a half before literally I debuted. I debuted the new show, played it all throughout 2019, took a break and then brought it back Friday the 13th in March did a show on the 13th, on the 14th, and on Sunday, my state was shut down. So I transitioned completely to online at that point. And a big thing of what we were talking about at the time was more so like from the promotional standpoint of getting the word out there. Like the show will always be there, have something that you can constantly rotate and have, have different things. So for me, that became Facebook Live, just because that's what a lot of the people in my area were on. Uh, that's where a lot of... People were finding me, and the other thing was I could promote. I could do a Facebook Live on my page, but share it to all, like, the local pages in the area, so I was able to be very targeted without having to pay through the nose with ads. Yeah, right. And, and, and make a genuine connection with people. Like, that was the other thing. So I developed a lot of material that could be done virtually where it's just me on camera, and people are just, like, writing in. Sometimes I could bring them live, and it turns out that was very handy come... Uh, March of 2020, I did three Facebook live shows, each were an hour long and each had completely different material. So I started off, whereas every at the beginning, everyone was scrambling, trying to figure out what could work. I started with three hours of material for a virtual show and was able to whittle it down from there. And like virtual has been amazing. The fact that I can do a, you know, a company party for LinkedIn in Washington, D.C., you know, at two o'clock and then be on a podcast in India at four o'clock and then, you know, not have to drive home for dinner was was really, you know, not going to lie. And all the years of being a professional entertainer was really nice. My wife appreciated it because I it wasn't like, hey, GPS says I'll be home in an hour, but with traffic, it might be an hour and a half. So yeah. maybe wait on making dinner. It's like, nope, she heard I turned off Zoom and was like, hey, you want me to order pizza? Or, hey, you want me to start dinner? Or, you know, whatever. Yep, that's fine. So it was, so having you lighting that fire to, like, actually, like, move to completely online, because there's a lot of, and Justin, you and I were talking extensively about the the issues of many people in Magic. Uh, and one of the things that I kind of still was holding on to was, Oh, but it's a it's a live format. The whole point is you're in the room with it. It's you know it's this. It's not on a screen and everything else. And yeah, all that went out the window. If there was it was pretty much mostly gone. But by the time I started doing virtual shows, it was definitely what, gone. yeah. There are two things uh, that I think you are in a very unique place for. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, it is very hard to or uh, it's very hard to make somebody laugh uproariously and clap and stand alone in a room. Uh, yes. It's also hard to make somebody terrified and creeped out and uncomfortable yes. in a safe theatrical setting. So sure. by, by focusing on, on spooky stuff, like it's kind of like for the first time, the deck is stacked in your favor. Yeah. Uh, emotionally speaking, like you yes. can terrify people. Oh, my, alone my Halloween show was just called lights out. Cause the rule was you had to watch with all your lights out. So you, you, so if someone did switch to the grid view, it was just all these computerized glowing faces. And when I held a creepy doll, missing an eye in, in the camera, like that's the other thing, like the smallest, I did a corporate event for, yeah, a couple hundred people. 
was like five, six hundred people on here, you know, two, three hundred screens, something like that. And, you know, I was able to do, you know, a packet trick like Max Maven's wave, like for all those people at once. You know, yes, I was using one person, but also just having again, going back to the material of like being able to communicate with people without needing anything back. One of the big things that I heard a lot of magicians saying at the start of this, and I'm still hearing is like, oh, I can't do virtual because I'm the kind of performer that feeds off the audience's energy. It's like, well, yeah, but like did Lin-Manuel Miranda say no thank you when he was asked to like write music for Moana? Cause like, well, I'm not going to be on stage singing it and getting the audience. Like, no, like it's just another aspect of what you're getting and or yeah, what you can offer I think to that's people. also shows limitations as a performer. And, oh yeah, and absolutely. There's, uh, and there's just kind of cowardice to it. But uh, I, I would say that what we found throughout that process over the last few months uh, is there is an electricity that can be generated by yes. watching something online. Now, I'm not telling anything new to the people watching us live on twitch.tv slash night attack yeah. or uh, <laughs> people who have watched us throughout the years and have built these friendships mm -hmm. and everything. Like we are a long form proof of concept example of this, but I was glad to see a lot of magicians kind of thrive uh, uh, doing it and, and a lot of other kinds of entertainment, trivia, entertainment, pub quizzes, uh, uh, a lot of team building. Saw a lot of, uh, like escape room type things or haunted, uh, haunted mm -hmm. tours. A friend of mine, uh, shout out to, uh, Christian Cadigal who runs the San Francisco ghost hunt. He, you know, he has to write, he has all this material, but he has to structure it based on where they can walk. And I said to him, well, dude, now you can do a tour of all the places you can't get to feasibly on a two and a half hour tour walking around. You have all this material ready to go. Like you've got a whole extra hour that people who have already seen you and love you are, are ready for. And he, he did it and it was insanely successful. Uh, he was him and Justin Willman were like my wife's two favorite zoom shows. Like that's the other thing in a single month. I saw Justin Willman, uh, Piff the Magic Dragon, um, who else? A, a bunch of people. Josh J, Ben Seidman. And it's like the amount of money it would cost to see all the – wait for them to come to town, see buy tickets, yeah. go, get parking, or go to Vegas, all that stuff would have been in the thousands. And you're telling me for like just shy of 150 bucks, I got to do all that plus get merch from some of them? Like yeah. are, are, you, are you kidding? Like that's awesome. Like that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's a it makes a lot of financial sense. Yeah, um, and and I think really a lot of this was just uh, people understanding that there was a market for it, and that yeah. it, and that it wasn't just. Well, the other thing too for me is because I do tend towards the more weirder, you know, bizarre, esoteric, mentalism type stuff. Turns out there's people who are into that stuff who aren't in my area geographically. And so, like, I had regulars on Zoom. Unlike the hot milfs, they're not in your area. Uh, yeah, ah. uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you'd be surprised. So, one, <laughs> the first, so quick side story. It's but oh it's on God. topic. <laughs> no, oh no, oh no, oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, oh, no. oh yeah, oh yeah. The very first time my in-laws came to see my show, uh, my wife and I have been dating just shy of a year, and she brought her parents to my show. And it was like a perfect balance of 70% older white women, gray hair, turquoise necklaces, you know, all that stuff, you know, very touchy-feely. And then because I do a lot of stuff with the local rock 
radio sh- station. Yeah. You know, guys coming in in Slayer shirts and long hair. It was like perfect, like 70, 30. And <laughs> of 70s and 30s. Of 70s yeah. and 30s, exactly. Uh, but, and <laughs> my now mother in law at the time, you know, she had only met me three or four times, leaned over to Lindsay and was just like, there's a lot of older ladies here to see your boyfriend. <laughs> and she's like, hey, they're paying him and he's taking me to dinner tomorrow. So that's fine. Uh, and now I had that opportunity to be gawked at by older women who aren't in the Midwest. Well, so, so, so here's my question. As the world is changing mm-hmm. again, um, I don't want to say back because I don't know that there's any back to get to. Sure. But as the world is changing again, do you find yourself uh, reluctant to go back on the road or, or, or hope? No, the exact opposite because now, okay. So just quick, I won't get into specific numbers, but just on paper, I've booked a couple house parties and a couple like outdoor socially distanced corporate events for the summer months. And all of them are 50% non-refundable deposit, which just so happens to be the cost of my virtual show. Right. So if they cancel for any reason, I now get to say, hey, you have as a backup a 45 minute, you know, produce. There's an intro. You don't have to do anything except send people a link. You don't have to introduce me. You don't have to have yeah. a mic. You don't have to do any of this. You just send people the link. They can watch with their family. You know, we can have up to 100 screens. And if you want more, you know, you you, you know, make them pay for it, obviously, uh, you know, to update, you know, you know upgrade zoom for a month or whatever, you know, for that specific client and, uh, you know, and going from there. So it's actually given me a security with going back because I know if, you know, you know, anything else happens and I'm not just even talking virus, like there, there's flash floods in my area or, uh, or crazy oh, yeah. in yeah. the Midwest. We've had crazy winters, you know, over the last few years, like the fact that like I could say like, Oh, and if you get snowed in, don't worry, you're backed up. All you have to do is give me the go-ahead and a date and time and within this this and area. And that's a huge And element. I'll create the link and send it to you, and you send it to everyone. That's all you got to do. That, that, that's that a huge it. thing that happened is that we skipped forward about five years yes. in a year of technological understanding. And so you could have done that two years ago. And, oh, and, yeah. and the answer yeah. that you would have gotten back is like, uh, we're not very tech savvy. Like, yeah. oh, I, don't, yeah, exactly. I don't think the that amount- a lot of people would know that. So it's like now yes. though, everybody knows zoom yes. Every, or, or now the expectation is, Oh, it's fine. You, you, you click the link, you mm-hmm. open the thing. Yeah. And, to, and I know that we talked about other art forms branching out, but I think the benefits of, you know, I was going to say mentalism, but I think all good magic is ultimately about uh, the the audience. You know, uh, uh, my friend Karen Henning, who did my tattoos, she said her definition of magic was it allows people to be the hero of their own story. And the fact that, you know, magic can get right to that, despite the fact that there's a screen in between, the fact that you can get everyone to follow along, like half my show is fully interactive with the entire audience and then the other half i bring people on screen with me uh and everything else is people following along i do stuff like pendulums and other hypnotic stuff like the light and heavy arms and everything and it's it and and i get to say that to like even clients like look if you book me for an in-person show yes it'll be fully interactive but if you have 100 people only about 20 of them are gonna be directly involved and or on stage with me 
Whereas if you do a virtual show, half of the show, 50% of the show, everyone will be involved at the exact same time doing the exact same thing. And that's, I think, a huge advantage uh, when it when it comes to those kinds of things, and, rather than just, that, oh, we're going to watch someone mix a cocktail or cook an egg for 20 minutes. That might be one of the most shocking, lasting changes of having gone through all of this is mm -hmm. like um, when it comes to team building events or special events or whatever, uh, at any corporation, if you have two boxes to check, one box involves you finding a babysitter, getting your husband to put it on yeah. the calendar, driving out, parking, going and doing the thing and all that stuff, and then doing the show. The other box is 45 minutes and you get to be uh, yeah. you know, directly involved with it. I, I feel like that, that, I can't believe that's going away. I can't. No, no, it's, going it, away. It, it, it's, truly... it's not. It's not going away. And the other thing that will always make it competitive is availability and price. Mm -hmm. And that's something that that you can really, really compete at. Is saying like, okay, well, I can get this experience that I would normally get. Like, if you're just looking at a menu for you, like, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be people that are just going to pick that because it costs a little bit less. Yeah, uh, you can schedule it a lot easier, and and it is no must, no fuss. And and if you are booking team building or yeah. or any kind of birthday or something like that, when the goal is just have the people not hate it, yeah, and, and exactly. you got a bunch of five star reviews, then it's like, all exactly. right, well, and everyone knows now how many of those meetings really could have just been emails. Now, yeah, like right. like people know that, like. The amount of conferences that are like <laughs> not, uh -oh. not fast of enough. All, of all the organizations, Bryce. <laughs> all right. What? Oh, I said that. Oh, you said that. I okay. Said that. I, I thought Bryce yeah. was. Bryce I thought Bryce no, no, was. No. Don't, don't give Bryce credit for my sass. Okay. I sassed my own. I'm a man. <laughs> I take my own sass. People uh, use Zoom too much. Uh, but not you. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, thanks for that. I love how Justin instinctually knows, oh, Joe's a magician. He needs the validation. Give it to him quick before I mean, he starts crying no, no, into no a your monarchs. Before, quick, quick. His self-esteem oh. is hanging by a thread. It's, you had that in, internal yep, that goes. <laughs> uh, uh, uh Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that... Um, you you are in you're in a great position, but even like what you were saying before with other Zoom mm -hmm. like kinds of things, like showing somebody how to make an omelet, showing mm -hmm. like you know there's a thing that we, we Ashley and I still haven't scheduled, but was given to us as a gift is like a a a drag queen course in making oh, sangria cool. that was like very uh, highly recommended by by friends of ours. Uh, that Great. you know you sit down on a Sunday and and they are hilarious and then you make sangria and you get drunk and it's a fun time. Uh, those are things that, especially now that like you have the i the, the there's a critical mass of people who know what these things are. Mm -hmm. There's a good enough standard of quality in terms of cameras and internet connections and microphones where it can feel like something that can scale up to your television. People know how to put this stuff on their television. Yeah. Like now you can have a legit, like a, a back to the future Jetsons style kind of mm -hmm. interaction with this content. And, and that's something really powerful. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, the, now the, the availability is just through the roof on it where you can get well, something that interacts with you. Well, I mean, think back to, I, I, 
uh, you know, early David Copperfield and Doug Henning specials. Could you imagine what they would give to be able to see everyone at home watching their show? Can you imagine like what they would just like give to just see how engaged people are? Do they yeah. get up and go to the fridge at this moment? And like the fact that like it's not just perf- if. The ones who are like, I'm just performing to a camera in empty rooms. Like, no, there's people on the other end of the screen that you can see, that you can interact with, and you don't need to hear them in order to get okay, energy now, back now, and all forth. Right, hold on. Now all I want to know is who's the most famous magician doing Zoom shows? Oh, probably Justin Woolman. There's, are, you, are you telling me there's not a, 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 a Blaine? Like, not not anything offered. Like, like just like, like David Blaine hasn't done one for the Kardashians at some point over the last year. Oh, oh, like a private thing. Yeah. Um, you'd probably know better than me on that, Brian. Nah, I got no. Um, nah, I would wonder. I don't know. No, I'll like, have to uh, shake my wife and I have seen uh, Wilman show a couple times. And he always has between seven and eight hundred screens. Um, oh. Every every he, show, uh, just what um, a phenomenally hard worker. Yeah, just, and, just, and and the shows are legitimately. Great. Yeah. Like we saw a lot of, I won't name any names, but we saw a lot of big names that very clearly phoned it in and they were very clearly like, okay, doing this. And so we can get back to North and like, no, this was my one chance to see you. I'm here. I can see you. Right. Yeah. And like, I took time out of my day to see you I, just cause I didn't come to the theater for it. And, yeah. uh, and, and yeah, and there was, you know, and there, some of them were just, uh, you know, they, it just seemed like they were they were on rehearsal mode still. Like it was it was clearly a new show for them, but they were still on autopilot. It was that weird blend of like inexperience and you know performers who are too experienced. They're just on autopilot and I don't mean, really we, care. It was a perfect blend weirdly, of that. Which you're was making weird. a case for that that weirdo who says I need the interaction yeah. of a live audience. And I, if anything, you're convincing me that there are people. Who literally need it? Who cannot do a show without it? But again, I think the ones who are able to, you know, take in the feedback, engage people with, you know, the ch- like you do with the chat, with you know the reactions, all that stuff. There's there's ways for, there's ways for the audience to show their appreciation rather than clapping for you, you know, rather than clapping for, well, okay, let's be real clapping for the trick you bought. Like right. that's, that's what they're used to. They're used to just doing the trick, getting the instant approval back. And yeah, sometimes you think, Oh, that, I mean, like if, this is true with live shows too, but especially with virtual shows where I'll think, okay, that show went okay. But, you know, that's the thing where someone will tag something on social media saying, oh, so needed this, felt so connected, yeah. it was so warm and everything. And, like, you you never you never know. I mean, and, yes, that can happen with a live show as well. But if it can happen with both, then why why dismiss it? I think uh, the big thing in, in corporate for the last few years has always been, at least since I started, was always uh, – Stage or close-up? Are you going to stroll around for everyone, or are you doing a stage show? And I think the new conversation is going to be in-person or virtual. I, I think that's if you're, the new if question. If you're specializing in, in one or the other? Uh, well, no, no. Like, like there are people, there are phenomenal performers who do great close-up and do yeah. great after-dinner stage shows. Yeah. And they'll do one, the other, or both. And when the client calls, it's like, sometimes it's just like, oh, they're not going to have a break in the evening. There's no time to do a show. I mean, 
I definitely know, Brian, we've talked about this. You've been at gigs where you're like, walk around would have been 10 times better <laughs> than, than what I'm doing right now. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Just going up to people and talking with them one-on-one would have been a million times better than me standing here. I'm going to do my best. I'm going right. to do the job. But like, the, like, how many times has that happened? And I think that's, I think clients have felt that with a lot of events. And I think a lot of them are going to be like, you know, hey, if this... I think, yes, I don't think it's going to replace anything, but I think it's just another avenue. Exactly. If if I were to disagree with any aspect of anything you just said, it would be that it's not that the old conversation was A or B, now it's a new A or B. I think the new conversation is an A or B or C. Oh, yeah. No, I I agree. We essentially have a new branch of magic that is developing. Yes, yes. I'm I'm talking very specifically when it comes to, like, you know, corporate work, like that kind of things they say. And I think that's just where the conversation is going to, shift um and it's yeah is your event you know rather than asking how many people are your event the first question is going to be is this in person or virtual and right. you know and that's, I, I, that's I, the aspect i do think that eventually the virtual stuff will slot in as more ephemeral than a physical event i think oh, sure. that that ultimately while there will like what we've proven is utility what we've proven yeah. is the minimum viable product. What we've proven is that this bridge holds weight and, and it will continue to go. I, I do wonder what happens as we get into year two, year three, year four, year five, year 10, year 15 of virtual sure. events. And, and we, we kind of find out what their emotional resonance is in comparison to the guy that you see down the street. That's so interesting yep. that you would couch virtual as the more ephemeral because um, a live event, you can go and be bad and then maybe people remember you being bad. Maybe they don't, but it's over with and gone and it's in the past and it's evaporated. Whereas uh, you tell me that somebody isn't recording every single one of the, I bet if you go to, to pirate websites, like I bet everyone, like somebody's going to have, there's going to be moments where yeah. magicians will have shows that go very bad. And it used to be a very rare thing that a magician Somebody would have was a recording. bad show yeah. and happen to be recorded. Yes. And that was, I mean, you've been at those parties oh, yeah. where a oh, magician yeah. pulls out a best of magicians doing, you know, having yeah. rough shows. Like now, all of a sudden, I mean, I, I can conceive of a virgin, a, a version of things where virtual shows are more expensive because you know somebody somewhere is recording them, like and, and sure and, and like um uh, uh, uh as, as context uh I I spoke at a funeral and somebody wanted a copy of it. <laughs> oh, man. Just sit with that for yeah. a moment, oh, and man. I had to say no three times, and eventually relented, and then eventually sent them. Back. So somewhere out there is a bootleg of me speaking at a funeral. So uh, uh, I suspect that um, uh, like I'm not comfortable with any aspect of uh, the past two sentences that I just said. Yeah. But uh, 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 I have to imagine that as people have rough performances, maybe sure. virtual becomes a little bit more protected. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I think that that, but that horse is out of the barn. Like, you know, it's, it's, I would say if it's going to happen, it would have already happened in the first year where everyone's scrambling and there's a peak. Well, amount no, of- look, look, 
if, shows. If, if, the, if there's one thing that the internet has taught us is that understanding that we can burn our hand on that stove does not does not stop us from burning our hand on that stove. Mm-hmm. Like people get fired for saying things on Twitter. They, they go on Twitter and make content for the website for free. So Mountain Dew can run a Dr. Disrespect ad below it and they get fired from their actual jobs for it. And then they come back and say, I'm very mad, like, and make more content for the free website. So it's like, Th- there is or, or, or even worse, uh, uh, somebody finds out something they said eight years ago that that is uh, sure. th- the world transformed around them. And sure. It didn't age whatever. Well or whatever. Like, like yeah. uh, uh, however it is, we, we are very comfortable with the or now that we're comfortable with the idea that the Internet is more permanent than we might think it is in the moment. Uh, we certainly don't give a shoot. <laughs> because uh, uh, we keep doing it, and and it, 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 we, we, like when we get fired from our job, we're just like, well, I'll just get another job. I mean, I'm not deleting Twitter though. <laughs> Smoke, <laughs> like that's a great website for free. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think the virtual thing, uh, the, the the ephemeral nature of it, I think is more on the audience side. From the performer side, that is yeah. a trade off of the fact that you can do five shows in one day and you can still charge close to your corporate rate. Right. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that is what you trade is well, the is, other, the other thing I, I could see that happening with like a comedian doing a virtual show, but like with a virtual magic show or mentalism show, there's like, I mean, it's, it's just a grid of people like staring at their screens. They're not always actively engaged and laughing and everything. Like I could, I would, I would be interested to say, to see what happens when you show someone this quote unquote awful Zoom show and someone watches it and goes, What are you talking about? It went fine. Like, it wasn't great, but it wasn't no, like a no, supercut. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be some magical eight minute supercut of, of somebody every might be a famous name you've seen. A few too many pops before the show. Yeah. And they think they can get through it, but instead they say something out they awful. Can, they or, drop something, yeah. or it's like, sure. or they, they, they refer know. to you, you, the the racially inappropriate person or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. they're magicians. I believe they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's now, nothing magicians okay. can when, do when, when, when it magi- comes to ruining when their magicians, own careers. <laughs> when we told magicians nothing was impossible, we weren't daring them. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a dare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, uh, <laughs> this is a class of of humans, an adorable class of humans that got upset at the website, uh, magicianordentist.com. <laughs> oh, I, my favorite was uh, magician or uh, Christian uh, rock star. Uh, that one actually oh. at least demonstrates some element of theatricality. Magicianordentist.com oh. was one of the funniest websites that ever happened, and it was a magician who put it up, and yeah. then eventually wound up pulling it down because the, there were too many people that complained that they felt they the were being made fun of with because their promo photos, photos. Oh, looked because, too much like because, Dennis. Because they were accused of possibly being the type of person who could get a doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Who yes. could make seven times their salary. How how dare you how dare you insinuate that I make money. That I would get a medical degree. <laughs> uh, 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 hey, uh, 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 we got any picks? Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I got, I got to pick. I, hey, it's okay. a Netflix documentary series, uh, which let me just say this. I always say with uh, our modern craze and documentary series that bad an episode too long, two episodes too long. Yep. Mwah. 
Murder Amongst the Mormons, three episodes, and they are jam-packed. Jam-packed. Uh, it is about a series of bombings in Salt Lake City in 1985. It involves uh, the Mormon church, uh, the LDS, the uh, 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 delivery and uh, uh, publicity around a, uh, a a document that challenged some of the initial tenets of the the Mormon understanding of their of their founding with Joseph Smith and the golden plates. And it's got a bit of a twist that I won't even uh well, you want to know what? I think it's been out for a while. So let me let me let me give the 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 half spoil if you have not already seen it, that'll make you go and watch it. Uh they don't reveal until the final of the three episodes that they have extensive audio from the person who did it. Oh, wow. Oh. And, and that is just a great, a great, great, great thing to save wow. for the very end of, of this thing. Cause you kind of assume that a lot of these things, even if you do, if you do find out who did it, they're in jail and maybe they say a thing or they they did one interview at some point, extensive, shockingly honest, uh, of uh, uh, first person dialogue from the person who did it. So, wow. uh, and that's, you know, first episode tells the kind of whole story up to the crime. Second episode is about all of the investigation. Third episode when they find it is just this person, revealing like just villain monologuing uh, hmm. uh for wow. for an hour as as you go through kind of the hidden history of everything uh so there we go murder amongst the more uh i have a pick that i cannot name or explain why it exists or tell you anything about right uh but you can sign up for an email list to find out about it when it comes out if you head on over to yolo420.com slash new secret, you can join a secret website, a secret mail listserv that exists only for one thing, to make sure that you're the first person to find out about the very, very important secret thing that will be happening. And I believe I put on there that um, last time I was this excited about a thing was uh, scam school. So, uh, uh, it's very important. If you go to yellow420.com slash new secret, you can find out about it as soon as you can find out about it. Okay. Go sign up. Uh, I've, I've got a, I've got a pick. I've been, uh, using these a, a lot more over the past couple of weeks and I've, I was reminded of how much I'm enjoying them. Uh, the, uh, just the standard AirPods, the Apple wireless, uh, uh, earbuds. I I really like these. I know some people don't like the the standard AirPods because they don't have like a little uh, plastic grommet yeah. that sits in your ear, and so for some people, ear shapes uh, they may not fit. They may they may not stay in. For me, they stay in very well, and so I uh, I like them. I've been getting a lot of use out of them. They uh, work for you know hours at a time, and the the case will charge them. Um, I I dig them. Um, and I think that the, they have come down in price relatively uh, modestly, uh, but uh, they're they I, I I like them and they the, got all the, the ease stuff. of connection is just oh, next yeah. level. Like uh, it, 
not even needing to say, oh, I'm going to be listening to these on my phone, so nope. I need to hit the button on my... Like, nope, it, just, it knows that your phone is on, and it that's what it connects you to. Uh, the, yeah, the MacBook. I, I, I use the AirPod uh, Pro. Uh, they are the first time, I think, since the iPhone that I was like, this is a capital A Apple product. Like, this is this is that, like oh crap, nothing else works like this magic kind of experience. When you're in that ecosystem, right. don't at me, don't at Android us. people. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't use it because it's the sure. worst, yeah. but uh, uh, I like it very cool. much. And now that I don't fly, I don't lose them on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe, did you have a pick for us? Yeah, I have uh, one real quick. Uh, uh, For the last uh, few years, uh, my wife and I have really bonded over murder mystery shows. And this last winter, we went through all the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes, uh, memoirs of Sherlock Holmes, adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, They're all on... uh, um, Audible? Uh, no, no, the the TV shows. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, the TV shows. Um, uh, Britbox, maybe? Yeah, Britbox. And it's... It's so well done. Some of the special effects, there's the, the Reichenbach Falls. It's clearly two stuntmen on on wires. But aside uh, when, from when, that, when when were these uh, produced? Late eighties, early nineties. Okay. Uh, so un- understand, understand. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, where, where But you're like they from also here. did put two stuntmen on wires and threw them over a yes. waterfall. So at least there's that. That's kind of fascinating. Uh, but the the writing on them is great. Brett's performance is so charming, and I think I. I my wife and I, especially, we first bonded over the new Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock and everything else. But being able to go back, I hadn't seen a lot of these since I was a kid, and just being able to go back and rewatch them and the cinematography on them is also like for a, for a made for TV British project. Some of the cinematography is stunning yeah. on some of these old episodes, and uh, and yeah, and I won't say how, but uh, there was an idea. Uh, since working virtually, I had to learn to work with a camera and everything. And there was one shot idea from the show that I actually directly incorporated into my Zoom shows. Nice. So, nice. Uh, so yeah. So it's it's worthwhile. And plus, Sherlock Holmes, the original stories, uh, can't beat them. Hard to beat them. Yeah. That the, this is the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, it, and then it became the Memoirs of Sherlock Holmes gotcha. uh, after after that. Uh, Google uh, says it might be on Amazon Prime Video as well. If oh, you're looking great! Yeah, yeah, check Watch them out it on the way up to space yep. with Bezos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, just sit there, totally unimpressed with going to space and just <laughs> refusing <laughs> to turn off your device during takeoff. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, oh, no, no, no earbuds. <laughs> no earbuds. <laughs> just loud off he's, your iPad. He's wondering. Why he joined the redheaded league? Five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he join the redheaded league? <laughs> All right, uh, everybody got their picks in. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, for Justin, Brian, and Joe, I'm Bryce Castillo. It's been after. Bye, yeah. everybody. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.